Perez and Chavov Amad Aleph, interpreting contradictions, Neder Shuvatar Miktsato. This is a, a complicated sugya, and the difficulty in preparing the Matmonium for this one was like, what to, what to leave out, because you've kind of got to leave everything out because you can't do anything of it in 15 minutes. So it was a, it, it's a bit challenging. So all we can do, really, is, a, is an introduction to the sugya to understand the, the, some of the basic principles of the sugya. And in so doing, we'll understand the difference between two ways of thinking and two ways of communicating. And we, and we don't often think about these two ways, and if you do think about it, it, it clarifies quite a lot in the way one chooses to communicate. The two ways of communicating is really using language, uh, using words, and the other is using icons, using pictures. And the differences we'll see between using words and using pictures is that words, the shortcoming of words is you can't say a whole lot of things simultaneously. So you've got to, if you want to describe something, you've got to do it one thing at a time. Uh, if you're going to describe a scene, you've got to say, I came to this place and there was a beautiful lake. And then you say, and the lake was surrounded by trees. And then you say, and behind the trees, there were some very tall mountains. And on the top of the mountains, there was snow. It's a step-by-step process. And you can kind of reverse backwards and you can say, oh, no, sorry, there wasn't snow. That was another place. You know, kind of delete the snow piece and carry on. But if you're painting a picture, it's the whole thing at once. You, you get the whole thing at once. Um, and it, they're just so different, different ways of communicating. For example, when, when one's doing a PowerPoint presentation, there's no point in the PowerPoint's presentation in the slides being verbal because you don't need the slides to be verbal. You can say it. You don't have to read from the slides. If you're doing a slide, the idea is for it to be graphic so that the, there's a picture of what you're saying verbally so that people can see the whole thing simultaneously, something you can't do with words. Words, you want to let the person finish the whole thing, and then you get the whole, the whole picture. And the Darim, this becomes very complicated because, as you know, in the Darim, we, we're concerned both with the words that are used and with the intention. And the, the words are sequential and the intention might not be sequential. The, intent, the intention might be holistic. And we'll see, I, I'm using this to explain a machloikis ran and rosh that we have in, in, in the sugya. And um, as I said, it will help, that helps, it helps us understand the sugya and it also helps us understand uh, what we learn about communication from this, from this piece of Gomorrah. The principle we're learning, we're going to be using, and we use it for, for, for quite a, a long piece over here, is a principle of Rabbi Akiva that neder shuhutar miktsato hutar kulo. That you don't break the neder into sequential pieces, uh, but rather you treat it as an, as an integrated whole. Come sit down, come sit down. Uh, as, I, as I said previously, I'm not, I'm not distracted by people who come late and sit down and learn. I'm only distracted by people who use a base of medrash as a railway station. That's distracting. But to a person comes late, they come and they sit down, that's not distracting. The, um, so with, with the um, sequential words, you can delete certain words and the rest remains intact. 
with a picture, you can't delete certain parts of it and leave it intact. If you delete parts of a picture, it's, in, it's incomplete. So where's the person's intention is what we're going to look at. And we have here two cases where this principle of Nedeshu Tarkolo applies, that if you've undone a piece of the Neder, it's all gone. You can't, you can't do it in sections. That's the principle of Rabbi Akiva. So we start off with the mission at the top of Chofhei Amud Beis. Um, person saw a crowd of people wander into his field and start picking the figs off the fig, fig trees. Uh, and he's concerned he's going to have no figs left in his fig trees. And he yells at these people, These figs are a korban for you. In other words, the Asurim Beneder, if you eat another fig, if you remove another fig from the tree, you're over a neder. This is an Isudoraisa, uh, and, and you can't do that. So that's the way he puts a stop to this plundering of his field. And he finds out afterwards that this whole group of people who had wandered into his field and were eating his figs were partially family. His father was there, his brothers were there, and a whole lot of friends were there as well. So now he, he wants to say, well, I, I didn't mean that my father and my brothers can't eat the figs, I just meant everybody else. So the father and the brother, we understand clearly this was not his intention. His intention was everybody else. So everybody else becomes also, they're not allowed to eat, but the father and the brothers can. And the complexity of the, of the Gemara, of the Sugi, is it goes into a lot of analysis. There's Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel. And then there's a Machlokis, Rabbah and Rava, as to, as to what Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel mean, in exactly what situations it applies. And then there's a Machlokis, Ran and Ramban, as to exactly what... Rabba and Rava mean when they're explaining what Beit Hillel and Beit Shammai mean. So it becomes layer upon layer upon layer, and one would want to speak, spend a long time on the sugya. But let's just take it at, at this one little element of it, uh, and that is the Machlokas Beit Hillel and Beit Shammai. And the Gemara then goes on and says, another case where we have the, this issue of, well, I, I, did, I do want the nether in place, but not completely. I didn't want everybody, I wanted nearly everybody. Another example of this is a Gemara further on, I think it is Tzanan HaTam, Patchim Tovim. We use Shabbos and Yom Tov as a petach, as a key to unlock a neder. Barishonah person says, for example, I'm not going to eat any, anything for the next, uh, or I'm not going to eat any meat, any fish, whatever it is, I'm not going to have any wine for the next period of time. And we say to him, but there's Shabbos and Yom Tov in the middle. Did you realize that on Shabbos and Yom Tov you've got to have Shalosh Sudas, you've got to eat, you've got to have wine, you've got to have, you've got to have meat. Did you realize that? He says, oh, I wasn't thinking of Shabbos and Yom Tov. So then what, what is the din? In the beginning, the Gemara says, they used to say Shabbos and Yom Tov is mutter, and the rest of the, of the week is, uh, is Asur, as he said, that although he clarifies that in this general statement of Shabbos, of I'm not going to eat, Shabbos and Yom Tov is included. He's now pulled Shabbos and Yom Tov out, but the rest remains intact. No, 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 says Rabbi Akiva. Once you undo a part of a neder, it all comes to pieces. There's nothing left of the, of the original neder. 
That's what Rabbi Akiva learns. And again, the sugya goes into a lot of detail in the Shulchan Aruch, where all the different days are, are brought as to where this applies, how it applies, when it applies. It's, it's complicated. But what we're going to look is a machlekes between the Rosh and the Ran. Difference of opinion between the Rosh and the Ran as to where Rabbi Akiva's din comes from. Where does this come from? That you can't interpret the neder based on his intention, which doesn't really contradict his words. When he said, these figs should be a korban for you, I'm not going to eat anything for the next two weeks. Um, and then he says, but I didn't mean Shabbos and Yom Tov. It doesn't really contradict, he's just refining what he said. And nevertheless, Rabbi Akiva says, the whole thing is, is Batel. You've now, you've undone the whole neder. Where does that come from? What is that? So the Rosh says, Elu Elu Mutarim, and on the Mishnah here, The reason for Beit Hillel is like Rabbi Akiva's halacha, where, because Beit Hillel says, Elu Elu Mutarim, the father can eat the figs, the brothers can eat the figs, and everybody else can eat the figs. Why? Because once you've undone the neder for whatever reason, you've undone it completely. It's, it's, you can't partially undo it. Why? Because when he made the neder, he wanted it fulfilled in his mind. It was as he articulated. All these people, nobody should eat these figs, and if you do, it's a korban. That's what he had in mind. And then we say that you couldn't possibly have meant that had you known that your brother and your father was there when you've made it. So you've now saying, okay, so the brother and the father aren't included, but then nobody's included because his intention was the totality of it. We'll understand that better in a moment. The run says, this is the run in, on the second piece that we had, which is from the Gemara further in Samach Vava Madalif. The run says, If you knew that on Shabbos you're not allowed to be uncomfortable, would you have made a neder that makes you uncomfortable on Shabbos? E love, and if he says no, I wouldn't have done so. Matiri that we matir the neder, and 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 then and we say everything is is neder because if a part of a neder is undone, the whole neder is undone. You can't say Shabbos and Yom if you you may eat, but your neder about the rest of the time works. That doesn't. That's not so. It says that they run an amazing thing. How do we know this? Why is this? Yalfinan la birushalmi. That we learn in the Yerushalmi, midichtiv kechol hayotzei piv because there's a posuk. The posuk that attaches an isudoraisa to the non-fulfillment of a neder is articulated in the way of whatever came out of his mouth he must do. The mashma that implies dafke bishukulo kayam. The neder means whatever came out of his mouth, you must do. If for whatever reason you can say part of what came out of his mouth you don't have to do, then you can't be mekayim kechola mipiv. Then that no longer has an ability to be fulfilled. And if that no longer has an ability fulfilled, it all falls apart. So the, the important thing in learning a machlokes run and rosh like this is to understand the difference between learning it from the posuk and learning it logically. The run learns it from a posuk, which means when you learn something from a posuk, it means this is an important principle when, in learning always. When you learn something from a pasuk, when you learn something from words in the Torah, that implies were it not for the pasuk, I wouldn't have reasoned it. 
The Pasuk teaches me a new dimension which I wouldn't have known without the Pasuk. Whereas the Rosh doesn't bring the vest. The Rosh doesn't bring the Rishami in the Pasuk. The Rosh says, we can work it out. Why? And, and this is how I explain the Machlokis Ran and, and Rosh. The Ran says, we focus in the Dari and we focus on the words. Yes, he has a certain intention and the intention has to be aligned with the words. Uh, and the words are sequential, but we learn from the Pasuk from the posuk we learn that they're sequential but indivisible. It's all or nothing. That's what a neder is. And without the posuk, we wouldn't know that. That means without the posuk, a person could say, yes, but I didn't mean that piece, I meant that piece. And it would be okay because you can do that with words. You can write something, you can say something, you can delete a piece of it, the rest still stands. You can say, I made a mistake on that piece, ignore that part, so this is the part that makes sense. But with Nadorim, we have from the Posik of Kechola Yotsemi Pivyase, there isn't that luxury to delete a portion of the statement. The statement is a whole, and if it cannot be executed in its entirety, then it isn't an error. It, 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 we, we take it away completely. That's how the run learns. The, the Rosh says, I don't need a Posak. Because, says the Rosh, when you make a neder, and this is probably a principle in, in other forms of communication too, he had a, he had a picture in mind. And, and you can picture the scene. He's standing in his house, standing on the, uh, on the upper floor of his house, looking over his orchard, and he sees these people. He can't make out exactly who they are, but they're taking figs. They're, eating, they're, they're emptying his fig trees. He's very upset, and he shouts out to them. It's a, this is a Corbin. What, what is the image in his mind? The image in his mind is orchard of fig trees, a crowd of people consuming the figs. Stop it. Isu. That's what's in his mind. That's the picture. And once that's in his mind... It, with that picture, he, if you now say, yes, but you didn't mean that person, you didn't mean that person, that wasn't the picture. The, when you think in, in images, it's like thinking, it's like using an icon. The uh, icons are amazing things. And like in, in, in computers, I suppose Apple were the first ones that really introduced the, the thing of an icon. One little symbol means a whole lot of things. You click on that simple symbol and your computer now does a whole lot of, whole lot of things sequentially. But, but the icon is an integrated thing. You can't do part of the icon in order for it to execute part of it. So we think in icons. Uh, and when we make an edda, when we communicate, even though it has to come out sequentially, because when you're using words, there's no other way to do it but sequentially. But your mind thinks in icons. Your mind thinks in, in pictures, visually. And, and, and then you take the visual and you put the visual into words. But the visual is the holistic thing. That's the thing which has to be which has to be complete, says the Rosh. The way I understand how people make Nadorim and how people communicate, I don't need a posuk. It's quite clear that if you're going to say this piece is out of it, that wasn't the visual. When I made that neder, that's not what I mean. A neder which is these people, yes, and these people, no. That wasn't my neder. That's what not what I had in, in mind. And therefore the whole thing becomes becomes bottle. And so it's quite an interesting. Uh, idea to become conscious of as you read things and as you speak uh, to try and understand sometimes the uh, although we hear the word sequentially we read the word sequentially that it, that it, that it's much more than that we get that much much better when we read poetry and we get it much better even when we read good fiction that the it's true it's, you know, it takes a while for the story to unfold but it's one story there's a holistic thing being 
being delivered. And it's so with many other things. That's why with, um, with learning as well, with the, you're giving a shear or you're hearing a shear, you're listening to a shear, uh, and, you, and you miss part of it. Uh, sometimes it doesn't matter. The shear is information, communication of information. You missed the first bit, you got the last bit, it's okay. You got the first bit, you, missed the, you got the last bit, you missed the first bit, it's okay. Um, it's just information, so you didn't get all the information, you got some of the information. But if the shear is building up a picture and you miss a piece of it, you've got nothing. You haven't got the picture. And it, it sometimes becomes even more dangerous than that because one can have a distorted form of the picture. And that's why with terror, one has to be very, not just, but not only with terror, it's any, any time that somebody's communicating a holistic idea, we have to be very careful that we don't chop the idea up into sequential pieces and miss some of the pieces and then put the picture together again, but it's not the same picture as the author had in mind. It's not the same picture as the painter had, had, had in mind or the teacher had in mind. Very important to understand, when is this a sequence of information, in which case I can break it into pieces, and when is this different strokes of paint that form one picture, in which case I must strive to understand the full picture if I want to get the meaning of what was intended.